This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it going? It's going really well. How are you? Great. Good. Surviving. <laughs> Just trying to get through each day. Thriving. We need to get to a place. Somebody always asks me, are you surviving or are you thriving? Surviving. And I really want to say <laughs> thriving one of these days. I'm sure I'll get there. But it's not today. So <laughs> I don't know. I was having a conversation with Dan the other day and was like, I think everything just you think that it's getting easier. I want to go back to the naivete of my youth. Yeah, I think that a lot. I think about that all the time. But then I'm like, but what age do I am I happy with? Like, what would be a best case scenario? And I'm thinking like a strong 26 or 27. Like that was your... That was only two years that ago. Was your t- <laughs> like you, you have to go back in time to live your best life? Yeah. Oh. Right? Is that not what you were saying? <laughs> No, I'm saying like I, life is harder than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I see. And what it you're just saying. keeps getting harder because yes. you have more knowledge of how everything works. Right. It is that things will just continue to get harder, and your body will continue to break down. Yeah. Those are the two realities I face every day. <laughs> <laughs> like I said that my so, back hurt the other day, and someone was like, "We're getting old." And I was like, "Shut up." <laughs> Thanks. We're going to work on that mindset shift. Yeah. Because it's got... <laughs> to something a little bit more positive. We, that needs to happen. That'll be our that'll be our goal for the next six months. <laughs> future updates. How to make my current 30 and your future 30. Feel really good. Really great. Mentally and physically. Yes. I think uh, we can handle that. <laughs> I think we can. So I am also in the mindset of thinking about the value of mini getaways versus full vacations when that's not an option. I like that mode. Um, so we had a nice refreshing breather, did a, a little weekend getaway, just like not even two full days, yeah. a night a night over in a town. Um, and it was a perfect reset. Sounds like a scary ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing scary about it. <clears throat> Wine country. Ooh, that's not scary at all. So we, um, it was nice because I think just having the chance to like break out of, especially in the wintertime, mm-hmm. breaking out of the normal day-to-day routine, the situation that you're in where you're like, every day you wake up, you have your coffee, you make your eggs and, you know, carry so you're on. you're watching yourself in the TV do the same thing yeah. every single day. It's uh, terrifying. <laughs> just shocking stuff. Um, but it's really nice because it just kind of like shakes things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everyone to do a little, you know, 45-minute track. Even just like spend the day Saturday on a weekend when you have the day off doing activities that you wouldn't normally do on your Saturday. Yeah. Even though we do crave that like cozy, relaxed time, it is also nice to kind of force yourself to get out of the, I just want to stay in because it's cold out. Right? Yeah. Well, and you can like fling yourself in the other direction, right? Like there's, you're doing a sliding scale always. And 
one side is doing way too much that was supposed to feel good and then it starts to not and the other side is like staying in 24 7 and that starts to get Mm -hmm. iffy as well so yeah like at some point you need to bounce back to the other end and that mini getaway or like a day trip of some kind shakes it up enough where you almost like I feel like I've earned my diet on the couch yeah if I'm like doing stuff all day even if it's fun stuff but it is like that happy medium of breaking out of my comfort zone, doing something different, mm-hmm. but also not feeling like I'm overwhelmed and that I haven't gotten the downtime. Yeah, and it feels like a, if you had a day of like how you have maybe four consecutive days where you're doing that in another town. Yeah. Like I think about our trip to Charleston last year. It felt like one of the days because it was like we – we're out and about, we ate some mm-hmm. good food, tried new things, walked around. It was great. And then by the time at the end of the day, we were like, oh, I feel like we're just ready to cozy up on the couch and watch a movie. Yeah, because even when you're like not in your home base, that's still a nice thing to do, especially yeah. when you're tuckered out. Yeah. So, but that's good. So you think that you guys will do that more often? I think there will be a couple more getaway trips planned, especially because we're saving for bigger excursion. Got it. TBD. Hmm. Can't wait to hear more about that. Coming soon. Yay. Just got to start planning. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Speaking of planning, what's what's up with you? So planning ahead is something that I've always struggled with, which I'm sure we're all super aware of by now. It's just not a strength of mine. I, I thrive in the procrastination zone. But having my planner has really helped me kind of get ahead of my week, my weekend, and make the most of my time while still leaving time for like that that coziness that we talked about. And I think it's really so I I take a lunch break every day if possible. But instead of I think this is important to like get out and like relax a little bit in the middle of the day. But I also am using that time for homework. I'm using that time for QS stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm really and I once I hit my apartment, it's it's most things stop there. (laughs) So I really value that space as a space where I can relax and not do a whole lot except for hang out. So using my lunch hour and time after work before I go home effectively really has lightened the load or um, made sure that I'm not waiting till the very last minute to do everything. And it feels, yeah, and it feels really, really good. And even if I need to like take my laptop somewhere else within my building, it's still like I'm still using that hour effectively and I get a fair amount done in that time. So the planner was the catalyst for all of that stuff to happen I think because I can see it and I can see what day I'm working on and what needs to get done by what day and especially with school right now that is all super important um and so that's been that feels really good it makes me feel less all over the place which I feel like I've been in that mental space for the last year Mm -hmm. so having this thing that just keeps me at least focused on a task for a length of time task is done okay after work now this is my hour and a half to work on something else and get that done um feels good and I feel like it's so interesting to think too that something as simple as just getting a planner but it had to be the right planner had to be the right planner was necessary to like bring everything on track yeah it really has and I color-coded it just like we talked about I think it feels like forever ago now but it's fully color-coded 
And again, just assigning timeframes in addition to the task that not just like a lengthy to-do list and like color coding the to-do list, but having a time that I'm going to work on the thing that needs to get done Mm -hmm. is just awesome. You know, I love a time block. You sure do. But I need it written. You you can do it on a calendar, but I need it written down or else... I don't know, even that starts to overwhelm me. But when I'm writing, I'm like, this feels good. Like I'm gonna get this done. And it's it's there and it's going to it's going to happen. That's awesome. So you know your system. I do. And it feels good to have a system that works for me. So tell me what's inspiring you this week, Bron. I read a lovely article called The Zen Habits Guide to Spending Your Time Intentionally. Ooh. Which Might actually fit really well into what you were just going to say. That sounds very familiar, that feeling. (laughs) Um, So I love planning ahead. (laughs) Reasons why we're different. Opposites attract. (laughs) Um, And I love this tip that they shared in the article of what would be the most important and loving thing you could do with 30 minutes of your time each day? Huh. And I feel like this is nice because especially thinking about it in the context of how I'm I feel productive um having knowing that the morning is my time Mm -hmm. like I like to have that like I wake up have my coffee and like get right into it Mm -hmm. um and I feel really accomplished when I have that like quiet time and I've always very much been like I won't take a meeting before 11. Like I don't enjoy that. That is a rule of yours. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's like not a planning meeting and just like a coffee chat. Right. That's, tip, that's different. That's different. Um, but starting with that thought process first thing in the morning in that uninterrupted time of like, if you need to get a thing done, like I think about it and I think he explained this in the article too of like, if you're the type of person that's writing a book, like you need to give yourself time to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you do it before you do anything else, it's going to get done no matter what. That's true. And in the sense and framing it in the way of like how can you help use this tip to help you work toward a goal and I think a lot of people are in this mode of like yes I have my nine to five and my job or whatever but everybody's working towards something so like if you set aside 30 minutes or an hour every morning for you that's your gym time right yes necessary for you you feel good you want it and it brings you joy yes and for other people it's like I'm working on a side hustle, starting a podcast. <laughs> something small like that. <laughs> Writing a book, needing to do research for something that, you know, they're interested working in. Working on a trip. We're pl- planning a trip. Mm. So take the, the first 30 minutes of your day and dedicate it to that thing that, like, really excites you, but also is, like, an intentional thing that if you get it done, you'll feel accomplished. Mm -hmm. And just like, it's not like, oh, I have to set aside six hours of a day to do this thing. Nope. You can accomplish a lot in an hour. And I thought that it was a really, it was a decent sized article, but the tips and like the examples and the framework that he shared is really thoughtful. Um, And I think it's good to kind of put things from a goal setting perspective into small actions Mm -hmm. on a daily basis because sometimes it's just not as easy to get things done at the end of the day because your brain is fried. Because you're ready to, like, just sit. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And 
I, you know, I'm definitely a, a morning person, not necessarily because I'm a go-getter first thing in the morning, but I like to be up and doing something. And I really like that phrasing of the most important and loving thing mm-hmm. you can do with the first 30 minutes. So it's not just, what can you just check off your list and keep, keep rolling, but like what, what is are you serving, doing for you? right, what's serving your personal purpose, what's serving yourself, which I think for unfortunately lands at the bottom of our list so often mm-hmm. and this helps you remember this will set me on a path not to like you know carve out a tunnel in a mountain for the rest of the day but it will put me on a, a path toward that happiness the positive mental space um, and those things that we really reach for every day that has a pretty easy start to it we just need to make that intentional time for it so exactly i like that i like that a lot what about you we did a strengths workshop with nermeen recently and that was awesome we uh we did her workshop that's called unlock it and so Mm -hmm. it was with my work team and um she came in and led us through this whole workshop it was about two and a half hours and it was really great i have not done a full workshop with her i've done like either one-on-ones or i've sat in a class where she's going over things maybe at the brainery or something so this was my first experience with my work team and her and kind of bringing the strengths conversation to the table. And um, surprisingly, actually, my team hadn't done their strengths before. So this was really brand new. It wasn't like we all had our strengths and then we were learning how to Im- oh, implement them. First timers. This was first time. So which was which actually turned out to be really great. So we were getting acquainted with our strengths and then learning how to actually use them to our advantage, both independently and with the rest of our team. My favorite thing that she shared was how our individual strengths show up and then some associations with them. So there was a a packet of information that I hadn't seen before that she brings to this workshop that talks about metaphors so you can really visualize what your strength looks like in action, which I really liked. Um, And I'm a I'm a pretty visual person, so that really helped me. Okay, even though I've been working on this for five years, it really helped me take that next step to see what it looks like to be using it, um, using it appropriately. And then she also shared some examples of how they show up when you're first learning about them and how they can mature as you get to know them better. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was another really cool visual, but also you're like, oh, I do that here. So I must be on like the early learning end of it. Again, even having known them for so long, it's still, if you're not working at it on a pretty regular basis and putting them into action, then no matter how long you've known about them, they still might be at that really raw stage. And then to see what they can mature to become and how they show up when they're matured in that way was really exciting and makes me want to revisit the way that I use them on a regular basis and how I'm intentionally like infusing them into my work that I do and my my job and then the work that I do in my personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really valuable, a really valuable workshop. And I think although we're all at 100 miles an hour all the time, and taking two and a half hours for a workshop sometimes feels a little aggressive, or maybe you're thinking like, how can I, what like how am I going to find two and a half hours, or what am I going to lose in that time? Um, and really flipping that perspective to see what you'll gain and what you will be able to learn with your team, 
I found it just incredibly valuable, both from, again, the individual perspective and from the team perspective. And do you think it was helpful, too, to have more perspective from your crew on areas that you didn't necessarily see before or have awareness of in terms of like what they bring to the table or like behind the scenes skills that actually could be really valuable to the team. Absolutely. And it was cool because you can see when you're looking at someone's strengths and then know the work that we do, how those strengths show up in, in that work and why they're valuable in the work that we do. But then it does give you like a peek behind the curtain to say, oh, this is, I think the needs and the contributions conversation is always really valuable when it comes to strengths too, because you're saying, okay, what do I need? to be successful and then what do I contribute to the group or the conversation or the task and so understanding the needs and contributions of your team members helps you communicate better with them Mm -hmm. understand what they need to be successful and they get to understand what you need to be successful and you tailor the way that you approach all of these different components that make you a good solid team you approach them in a way that doesn't feel scary or awful it it feels really good and positive even in times of maybe disagreement but you know how to disagree effectively Mm -hmm. where you're going to come to a place of understanding and know how to move forward right and i think those are all incredible tools and they all come from understanding how your strengths show up for you and for the people around you. So yeah, I think that was a huge piece of it too, was fully understanding the people on our team because we work great as a team. I mean, I have a really, really amazing team that I get to work with, um, but to get to know that like one other layer of what they they do really well strengths-wise um, and have them get to know me better, what I do strengths-wise, just, just better, um, it was awesome. It was super, super awesome. So I'm so glad that you got some good meat from that yeah so highly recommend i know that we've shared information oh yeah so and we've shared nermine's information before but if you're in rochester or are interested in learning more about what she does and we did the workshop in chicago so oh good okay it can be digital it can be done so you could be anywhere oh that's great we'll link to it in the show notes that's good to know queenspeaking.com slash 57 yes yes all right sid Give it to me straight. Okay. What are we talking? What are we talking about? Um, A few weeks ago, we put a post on our Instagram that was like supposed to serve as a reminder that we are more than our jobs and our worth isn't 100% living in the place where we feel like we spend the most time, whether that be work or home or on a hobby or whatever it is. And it really sparked some great conversation from this community around this concept of identity and how we move in and out of all of our identities so often, but how to take a minute and recognize each and every one of them mm-hmm. because it it happens so swiftly sometimes that you kind of forget that you are you can show up as as different people a lot of the time even throughout one single day like you can be a work wife and then a boss and then a friend and however it it really works for you so today's episode we're going to explore that concept a little bit further and see how we cannot just recognize our identities and give them um, some names and understand who they are but then also like how we give them some room to breathe and how we let them like live their best life yeah and I think the other thing is that it's so common too for people in our age group Mm -hmm. in the like kind of in this millennial generation to believe that 
our job is everything yes. or it should be everything or we're working toward it being everything. And so to take the time to acknowledge those other pieces helps us kind of maintain that balance and and see the forest for the trees. Right. And I think especially if you are, if you think all you are, I'm, I'm thinking of people that might be single or they just moved to a new place and and they're like, all I have is my job. And, and I'm excited to talk about this today because that's not true. And I think there are different ways to really dig into who you are as a person, how you split off those identities, mm-hmm. even if you think, um, oh, that doesn't apply to me at all. Like I, I live in one space all the time. I'm always in go mode and that's just the end of it. And um, if you're willing to learn about the other people that like make up who you are, I think it's interesting and exciting to find out how they show up. So And can be a quite fulfilling opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we ready to speak it, queens? Let's speak it. Let's do it. I feel like my thing, my space in this is a little bit troubled. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Like, I don't yet do a good job at recognizing the other pieces as much as I should. And so I kind of live in this world of needing to break the mindset that our job is all of who we are. Um, This is tough for me. And I think that it's actually important to have a purpose-driven career. Mm -hmm. And you can still have that in this world. Mm -hmm. But it's also recognizing that, like, I am quite a loyal friend and very much dedicated to my relationship and my relationships with my friends. Um, But also thinking about work not being the top or like the umbrella and everything existing beneath it exactly and i remember one time uh my therapist several years ago a couple years ago not several last week (laughs) just (laughs) said asked me why i needed to have uh, a job to fulfill my passions and I was like dumbfounded. Like, shut up. I did not know how to respond to it yeah. because I was like, that's all I've been working toward because I thought that that was going to give me everything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so since that moment, I've questioned this thought ever since. And I think that that is something that we as as a people, ladies. <laughs> as a group, yeah. <laughs> have to consider if that's where you're coming from because I like I'm not necessarily defined by what I do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. um and I'm still trying to figure out how to actually believe that right and break free from it in a way that allows those other parts of me to lift up to come up to the same level Mm -hmm. and I think because it's a conscious thing for me that at least is enough right now to kickstart the give that like chef in you a little extra love yeah yeah start posting more photos of the things that you cook and share with the world (laughs) exactly and i think your your um analogy and visual there with the umbrella is totally spot on and if we can 
we can shift the umbrella vibe to like a pie chart, which is mm-hmm. much less sexy, I think, than maybe an umbrella, or maybe they're just both equally not sexy at all. Equally unsexy. <laughs> I think thinking of this whole concept as a pie chart and understanding how much of your time or your mental capacity is devoted to each one of the identities as we start to call them out later in the episode is you start to to walk away from that that thinking that one serves all of the other ones mm-hmm. and you start to see that all of them serve each other. Exactly. And that is a really exciting place to get to, but but is a difficult place to get to. And I think for both of us in college, when you talk about why is this so ingrained, like how did we get here? We were so focused on what we were going to do after we left college. And I think this is true whether you maybe went to college or not, but if you're a person that had mm-hmm. a goal of some kind the whole being was working toward that goal. And so if the goal was getting the job, then the job was going to make everything else happen. Mm-hmm. And so we put all of our energy into serving that identity because it seemed like the end all be all. And so even outside of our work time, we were networking, we were meeting people, we were out there, we were talking about who we are and what we do. And we also were graduating like in a recession. Right, exactly. So, so it's like, that this really is going to be extra hard for you no matter what. Somewhat top of mind. <laughs> and yeah, so it was, it, it was like shoved on our throats. I think not to, and I say that now and you know, you never want to like blame, blame people for where you are. And so I think that the people that helped us get to where we are weren't doing that to like crush us or make us feel bad. I think they were genuinely doing that to help us to take our next step and to get to that place. Mm -hmm. But now, especially as we talk about this, like this work-life integration slash balance, however you want to look at it, um, we know that that can't be all of who we are. And I think you know, when we center around like that work that we're doing, it's probably why it's so hard to walk away from it at this point. Yeah. And if you're one of the lucky ones who has a nine to five that like allows you to fulfill personal interests within, like if you went to school and you were like, I know exactly what I'm getting, mm-hmm. what degree I'm getting, and I know I'm going to have a successful career. And you're just every day you wake up and you're like, I love what I do. I think. That obviously is like the goal. I think everybody wants to have that in some capacity of like waking up feeling fulfilled. But I think in this scope of what we're talking about, the things outside of your nine to five are actually going to be the things that help you feel that. Right. And I think it's painted as this picture of like your job has to give you that. But the reality is your job is part of it. Like you were saying before, it's a piece of the puzzle and how do all of these things fit together. Fit together. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think just having something outside of the realm of our job that fulfills us or like just makes us happy in some capacity is going to help us not necessarily take things personally in the workplace when like because everybody's going to come up against difficulties or projects that don't necessarily go their way or legitimate failures yeah and that you shouldn't let that fully take you down Mm -hmm. or like what if you wake up one day and you're laid off right like bad stuff can that really throws some things (laughs) off i imagine for sure um but really thinking about the work that we do as a fulfillment of what's requested of us, Mm -hmm. thinking about it from like, I'm doing what's part of my job description. Mm -hmm. And if it checks out the boxes of like, this makes me happy too, amazing. Awesome. But 
I think it's also challenging to think about it in the sense of like, you know, the people that at least the people that I'm seeing that are promoted or like getting raises or hustling, they're the ones who are going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. They've added projects. They're doing more than they should. They're working 50, 60 hours a week outside the realm. Maybe even more than that. Like some crazy craziness jobs have you working 80, 100-hour weeks. I can't even. I can't even think about that. Can't. I don't even hit that with the three things on my plate right now. No. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. You're like, I have many things that I'm responsible for outside of jobs. I don't even come close to that. (laughs) (laughs) How does one do it? Um, But how... Like, I think that's the scary thing is, like, the expectation is, like, in order for you to grow and progress Mm -hmm. and see progress in your career or get things and grow and have achievements, you have to push beyond the status quo. Sure. But how can we also allow ourselves to be okay with the bare minimum, Mm. which is how we phrase it? We meaning me and Dan, meaning Dan helped me so much (laughs) Uh, figure out how to think about saying no to things Mm -hmm. so that I could have time for the my my true self yeah outside of work and bare minimum I think has a negative connotation where bare minimum is not slacking and bare minimum isn't not completing things or finishing projects bare minimum just means. I, I know how much I need to do to get this done, and I have given myself permission to not go beyond that point because I know that either it won't be effective to a certain degree or I will be miserable, and neither of those things sound great. And for, for me, bare minimum equals your responsibilities. Right, right. Because I thought that I had to do everything. Right. And I think that that's like... It's an interesting question to think about of, like, how do we balance our happiness with the the want or the need for drive and to succeed and the pressure that that comes with everything. Right. And how do, how do we handle that? It's it's kind of like a... Oh, Conundrum-y question. We're not sure yet. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this. Uh, I was reading one an article from the Every Girl, and they dropped a mega bomb. Quote, other people won't remember you by the job you have, but by how you make them feel. And I feel like there's some Maya Angelou quote that's I'm like sure, yeah. the essence of that as well. Um, but as we talked about before, like things can change instantaneously. So thinking about like, who do I want people to remember me for? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I want to be remembered? Yeah. and Or, like, what what are the interactions I'm having with people on a daily basis? Yeah. I went to college with a woman who, her name's Laurel Symer, and so if she ever listens to this, know that you are, like, in my thoughts every single day. She's phenomenal, and she that is that is what she works her tail off she works as a sports information director where we went to school at Utica and she but she is the like happiest most like she infuses goodness into everything she does and so when she's like tired and over it and just needs to walk away she's not taking that out on anybody because she lives by that mentality of like I want to make sure my interactions 
are good and they don't always need to be positive. Sometimes they're emotional and sometimes they're sad and sometimes they feel what you're feeling, but she really lives by that. And I really have always valued that way of being because I think it's really easy to take a turn to focus on everything else potentially. Um, and so when you say like that quote and something like it, it she comes right to mind because mm-hmm. it's it truly is the way that she lives her life and it is phenomenal. And I'm always just so impressed by her, both in her work life and in the, the way that she has her personal life just, just part of everything else. Um, I was at this talk a couple of years ago. So when we were talking about doing this as a topic, I was like, oh my God, this talk just has, again, also stuck with me. And the speaker challenged us to, instead of answering with our job, when someone asked about us, to answer with traits we like about ourselves, the things we did outside of our work environment. Because she was like, so it's really easy to, when someone says like, who are you? Tell me about yourself. You're like, well, I do this for work, (laughs) period. And she's like, okay, I didn't ask what you did for work. I asked about who you are mm-hmm. and, and what makes you who you are. And and I think it's it's easy to say that work kind of encompasses that person. But I thought it was an awesome challenge to find something that we enjoyed doing that we could talk about in addition to our work. Because I don't think we need to erase the person that we are with our work, especially if we love it. Right. But I think there's also this mentality um, – to talk about how else you show up. And I would strongly suggest thinking about the other roles that you play outside of that work environment. So chances are you're a friend to someone, a daughter or son to someone, maybe a parent, maybe a mentor. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a hobby. So I think we also mm-hmm. get caught up in this mentality. Like, I'm not good at anything else. Because, you know, my like my jive with hobbies is like forever long and it will probably never go away. <laughs> so if someone said, tell me about your hobbies, I'd be like in a strong spiral. <laughs> like, I'd rather talk about anything else, I think. Um, but think about the the people you represent to others in your life. And I think that goes back to that quote of like, how are you making other people feel? Think about when you visualize that pie chart, how much of it is friend? How much of it mm-hmm. is mother? How much of it is sister? And give those identities power because um, they do hold power and they are important and they do fill other people up. And we shouldn't um, think that they don't add value to our own life or someone else's life. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the wheel of life mm. chart that we talked about in one of our past episodes where you rate on a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. the different sections of the circle of like life, husband, yes. rela- like whatever kind of relationships you have, career, interests, so on and so forth, and figuring out like what's maybe taking over. Mm-hmm. And for the person that shared that with me the first time, she was like, I realized that my career was taking over all of my family life mm-hmm. and actually like having a negative impact. And so until I did this activity, I didn't like to have the visual of it too is really helpful mm-hmm. so that you can see, you know, what are the things that doing the the own assessment for yourself to say, what are the things that I need to maybe show up, have show up in my life a little bit more and what might be taking on those things and how can you actually go forth and make room, make more room. Yeah. And this doesn't have to be like the hardest thing you've ever done either. I mean, showing up as a friend is calling your friend for coffee. Showing up as a daughter is calling someone that you might not call your, call your mom or your dad or whoever, um, 
and just ask how they're doing. If it's being a partner is one of your identities or a spouse to someone, plan a fun date night so you can do stuff together. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be going like worlds away to make these identities show up or doing like the really deep thinking. I think the deep thinking can be reserved for the like, why do I operate this way? Like let's reserve the deep thinking for that. But as far as the, in the interim of when we recognize that we hold different identities and who they are and how they show up, take action on who those people are and who they interact mm-hmm. with and why they're important. Um, and it always is so funny because I feel like we're always talking in the third person, like a little like scary wise <laughs> when we talk about this. But I really think when you start to separate them as separate people, yeah. you see them much more clearly. Mm-hmm. So it's not to like, you know, split yourself into eight pieces, but it is to look at all of those people as individuals because they deserve that kind of attention. And this always feels lame because I think I've talked about this before, but one of the things I'll always remember Juliana Ronsick saying, Rancic saying, Rancic, Ronsick, <laughs> so fancy, but I, it must've been on her show or somewhere. She's a, she's a person on E, she does a lot of stuff, but she has said when I'm at work, I'm at work and I'm focused there. When I'm at home, I'm focused on my family. When I'm with my friends, I'm focused on my friends. And again, like these really, what feel like very meta topics that we get into sometimes are sometimes just as simple as that. If you're in front of a friend of yours, be with that friend, be the friend. It, it is very straightforward, but sometimes it's really hard to execute. Mm-hmm. But thinking of the way that she says that, it, it becomes very clear of how how we need to be. And it kind of is very world-changing, in my opinion. It's an important thing that we all need to start doing. It is. So how can we start doing that to let our identity show up outside of career? <laughs> <laughs> the umbrella of career. <laughs> and to your point, what the exact thing that you just said about Juliana's tip Mm. set those boundaries Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) we've talked about it time and time again but I think giving yourself the opportunity especially especially if you feel like you're struggling which I fully can like raise my hand on this one and saying like it's hard when you feel like it's not working when you're like I know that I'm doing this and I know that I'm like letting my my career vision take over everything else and so you just have to say no to things or like give yourself more structure in your day to allow the other you's to show up for sure and sometimes it helps to make those boundaries known too so like how can you communicate those better with your clients or your manager or your partner um like i love the the examples of like hey i've got a hard stop at 5 p.m to prepare for dinner time because family is important to me. Yep. And I feel like if you say that to anyone, they can't be like, no. Well, and you know what's funny is they can <laughs> and they have. And that's when you get to make the call of like, is this the right place for me? Yes. Am, am I doing the right thing with the right people? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about f- fear associated with setting boundaries too. And it's, it's going to come up in this way. But I think to create a boundary around like when I'm at work, I'm at work. Yep. And allowing space for the other things and not being on your phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do agree that there's that fear that comes along with it of saying, like, you know, what are the extremes that can come as a result of this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and to your point, if that's the case, you got to pass. For sure. Like, ev- actually evaluate the things in your life to say, 
is this a thing that's going to continue to fulfill me or am I doing this because I think it's going to give me what I want? Mm -hmm. And those are the things you really need to pay attention to. And it reminds me of a show that I've been watching called A Million Little Things. So spoiler alert if you're watching... (laughs) Where Catherine, who is one of the characters, and she's up for partner, and she works her tail off. She's all these all these things, and they're like, "We want to offer you partner. You've done the work. You've earned it. Here you go." And she's like, "I want to accept this, but I also just want to say, if you if you want me to take partner, I will have a hard stop at 6 p.m. and I will go home and I will have dinner with my kid." And I will work well into the night, but I need two hours with my kid from six to eight at least. Um, but you've got my full attention before and after that. And they were like, they didn't offer a partner. They said no. And I was like, my heart. I know. I know. I was like, wow, that's heartless. But um, but she was like, I just got my life back. Now I'm just, like, she's doing the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. She's now doing the bare minimum. She's getting paid. She's doing her stuff. But she gets to be the mom that she has always wanted to be. But she was shooting for that partner goal that entire time. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was, like, this moment where we were like, oh, my God, I can't believe she didn't get it. They're always supposed to get it. That's how these shows work. (laughs) You're supposed to give me hope. Exactly. But it was was actually a better message of – like, I'm not going to compromise anymore and I for think something that's important. That is exactly where we want all of us to stand after this episode. Yep. It's like, don't compromise for your happiness because the identities outside of work are, that's like, that's what you're going to remember for the rest of your life. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm really glad I stayed until 10 p.m. to finish that project. Yeah. That, that sounds had, awesome. You know, had nothing to do with the company that ended up folding two years <laughs> later. Like crazy stuff like that is going to happen. That's so funny. focus your life and your free time on the things that that bring you joy. Yeah. Which brings me to actually asking yourself what you want to spend your time doing. Mm-hmm. Again, things that start to happen when you get older is that you're like every day 9 a.m. whatever like you're on your little track and then you're like oh it's april how how did that happen five years later (laughs) um so when we are looking up from our smartphones or our computers what are we thinking about what are the activities that actually bring us joy is it cooking is it reading is it going on walks like what allows your brain to kind of get those like creative fun juices going Mm -hmm. and pursue those and make them part of your routine because it will infuse awesome like glorious joy into everything that you do yes and I think it allows you to remove yourself from a limited scope to say like I explore things outside of my job and that gives you separation enough to say that you can start to slowly brick by brick say these other things are what define me Mm -hmm. not my career right right because it's the pie yes i like it i think the other question too is how do you define success Hmm. it seems really easy or like you know the first thing that is obvious is like money yeah insert prominent job title here right (laughs) (laughs) um so these answers may be true for some people, but I think um, this is where knowing what drives you is really helpful, um, what motivates you, what is actually like 
the day-to-day thing that, like, makes you want to get up in the morning. And so it may not necessarily have anything to do with your career. It's more values-based. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have those values in place, it's hard to know, like, what direction you want to go in Mm -hmm. um, because you may realize, like, oh – you know, like the woman on the TV show. Yeah. I want to be home for my kid. And now I'm realizing that being a lawyer is not my future. Right. Because that's never going to happen. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I think about is like having flexibility in my day and freedom to travel and cook and learn. And like all of those things need to be within the scope of like how I feel about myself every day. It's mm-hmm. like, am I feeling challenged? Do I have time to make cacio e pepe? <laughs> always so yum so yum (laughs) Um, and so how does my job fit within those needs and do I have the time and money to dedicate to the things that also I want to be doing in my free time and if those things aren't being fulfilled what changes can I make right right I always think that for me it always comes down to like how do I be the number one aunt (laughs) for the babies in my life and because they're not here. And so for it's like when you talk about the success factor and how that how that integrates into joy, but then like that internal like warmth that you feel when you're feeling that joy and being able to meld that to success and being able to see one as the other. And what does that actually physically feel like? Because mm-hmm. there is a feeling that's associated with it. And when I think about FaceTiming with the babies or getting to hold like the little nuggets and like see them get older um, when I do get to see them I think that is that moment where you're like wow like this is a feeling I should probably pay attention to because that feels really good yeah and yeah recognize it exactly and I think that's the thing that we don't always do we're like I can call out the things that bring me joy but when you're doing them what is that like learn how to describe what that feeling is and you will notice it more often when it is showing up and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is not just not just know the thing to get there but the feeling that is associated with it yes and i like that i like that a lot i do want to share that sometimes for some people their job is what brings them joy and i don't want to leave those people out because i do feel like I can I am one of them sometimes and that's not that's not a bad thing um it's where you feel confident accomplished and happy and Mm -hmm. sometimes like that does meld to your joy that is what success feels like and that's awesome and that shouldn't be downplayed but also really um keeping on doing what you're doing I think this conversation applies when you're thinking that 360 view of remembering you're not just one thing Mm -hmm. to one person because I I you know you can love your job more than anything but there are days where you're just not going to want to be there there are days when like a close friend is really upsetting you and you're like I just don't want to be here right now and realizing that okay what identity can I turn toward to refill and to come back to center and to remember that I am more than just someone's punching bag sometimes or I am like whether that be at work or at home (laughs) but um remembering that all of those things really can work together so I think there's a lot of opportunity here too because this is kind of an endless discussion yes because I, I think not that it's I think it's coming to light in a slightly different way so I think acknowledging that we don't have to just push ourselves to burnout in every avenue of our life. Yeah. Like maybe that pie chart shifts from time to time depending on the things that 
you value at, in that season of your life. Yeah, that just needs your attention more yeah. at that point. And being able to communicate that and understand that and actually know within you that there isn't just 100% full mm-hmm. on one layer. Right. Like, what are the other sections that we can give light to? And I think it's a fun activity just to, like, start to think about the things that, like, what do you, when you do feel excited about something, don't just move on to the next thing. Feel it. And, yeah. And figure out how to incorporate that more in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite topics because I think when this is how we learn how to value ourselves as a whole. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that actually lights me up inside is when you see someone you love, see themselves as their different identities in ways that they haven't been able to before. I think that's the most beautiful thing because it's opening all of these doors to more opportunities, more good feelings, more joy. And that's what we want. I think that's what we want for the people we love especially, but that's what we want for people to know how to value themselves in more than just one way. Mm -hmm. I think that is a really important thing. It creates better relationships, even if you're not that close to them. I still want that for them because then it will make my relationship with them even stronger because now they're not just putting all their weight in the one category. Um, I love this topic. I could talk about it forever. I think that this is one of those things, like you said, is a work in progress um, and is a thing that has a ton of different angles. So I'm sure we'll come back to it at some point. Definitely. Um, But it's a really exciting thing to begin to think about if it's not the way that you operate right now. You can. You can work on it. We're all getting there. We are. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.